0: I'm John Murphy, and I'm Christian Humes, and you're listening to Watch, Watch World. World. Welcome, everybody. We we're in the middle of our James Bond watching experience. Um, we are coming off of Diamonds Are Forever, yeah, the fourth book and fourth movie that we've watched, and we're now moving into A From Russia with Love. You know, and because we're doing this in book order, it's a little confusing because it's not movie order,
1: right? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm excited because I spoiler really liked this movie
0: that is really good because I always really i enjoy i enjoyed the movie. i it took me a while to watch this uh, from watching all like the bond movies growing like from me growing up and this is probably one of the last ones I ever watched just because like my friends that were more i think big bond fans like thought it was the most boring of the bond films um interesting it, because if you compare it to other ones that are definitely more of the classic formula of big maniacal bad guy has some world domination plan that he has to stop, this is definitely not that.
1: No, it's not, but...
0: This is definitely more of a spy story and a spy movie. So yeah. That's what I, I liked really about it so much. It really gives me to appreciate it because I really I really liked the book. When I read it, it was the most spy book. Yeah. of it. Um, that's,
1: what, that's what's so good about this movie. I mean, Casino Royale is so good because it also feels like a spy... In yeah. fact, I think that's why... Today, I almost feel like I like modern Mission Impossible stuff over James Bond I feel like James Bond's tried to become more of an action series. It's like Mission Impossible is a great action series, but James Bond's so good at being a spy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And especially in this one, it's more centered around him having to be a spy and yeah. um, feels more like the early days of espionage in the Cold War. And it's kind of centered around a lot of things like that. Um, you know, and and this was written, the book was written in 1957 the movie came out like almost like six years later in 1963 um and yeah it, it you know i think um i'm trying to think like what you know and I, I what the, actually was really interesting in the book and you don't get this in any other i think books so far from what i remember but in the book you half the book is written from red grant's perspective the
1: oh the awesome. assassin. which is why he's such a compelling character yeah uh, so correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like a lot of the modern Spectre movie was pulled from this.
0: Actually, no. It, it was um, uh, it was weird. So like when when he wrote this, when Fleming wrote the book, Spectre had not been created yet. So it was still Smirsh, which okay. is still in the movie. Smursh yeah. is still in the movie. But later in Thunderball, when he wrote Thunderball the book, mm-hmm. that's when Spectre is introduced. And then when they started making movies, right? They retconned it. So in this one, in this movie, um, you're introduced to Blofeld, even though you don't really see his face. Right. You're introduced to Spectre and how Spectre is like, oh, we have agents that are controlling Smirsh
1: and controlling other things. Wasn't Blofeld in the last movie? That we watched? Yes. Okay, right. Yeah, it just because the modern Spectre movie with Daniel Craig. Yes. While watching this, I was like, oh, I feel like there's a lot of little influences from this in that, which is now I think because I enjoyed that movie. I don't think it's great the modern one but a lot of people were really disappointed in it and now watching like some of the stuff that it was supposed to be pulling from yeah i see why because i guess like these characters are so good and compelling
0: yeah i think once we get to thunderball and um honor majesty's secret service those ones and you only Live twice are those are like the heavy specter stuff with right Lofeld and stuff so then you'll get a sense of like oh why is this like character so classic or and you know and people were so excited that they were getting the character coming back and then kind of disappointed you you, you'll see why it's like you know he's he's so classic to like the start of this franchise you know who he
1: is um and i guess so we'll just jump into the story in a moment but the last thing i would say is i think the thing i liked so much about this movie and it's really i'm just rephrasing what we already said but the moments where there was action felt so much more interesting because it wasn't it just like, an escalation of the previous movie. Yeah. So, like, since there was so much like talking and plotting, and there were so many like slow moments, when something did happen, it felt important as yeah. opposed to like just there's just always action the whole time.
0: Yeah, it's like when you're always at such a high level, yeah. you're just gonna get tired of just that. It's right. Like, you know. Yes. But if you if you give yourself peaks and valleys, then it makes those those action sequences and stuff when it when it does need to happen like much more exciting.
1: Yeah, it, they really built the tension up every time so that was very well directed i guess yeah this movie. I
0: think, you know terrence young is the director he did the first i think two movies that like he did dr no in this um and he's fairly you know actually uh, one thing i want to also say before we kind of jump into the story is like how revolutionary these movies were for the
1: time oh like, sure that makes sense you
0: in this you notice this in this one especially when um bond is fighting red grant in like the train car and like you get the fast cutting
1: yeah, i mean that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie
0: yeah and it's like you didn't see that in movies at that time. No. Like they didn't, you didn't cut action like that. Yeah. You didn't didn't stage it like that. And so you now it's like, it seems so like simple. Sure. Like obviously, but at the time, you know, the reason why these movies made so much money is because they were like different types of action movies you didn't see before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That sequence was done very well. And it, it didn't feel dated other than the fact that like the, just the footage and like the sound of everything is, but visually it, the, the language they spoke it was great, yeah, so, do you know how much what the budget of this movie was? Uh, I mean, it's so hard to guess just because of the time yeah, but let's go ahead and say three million dollars close two million, okay, which is a lot of money for and I guess mean, how much it made in box office <laughs> okay um seventy two close seventy nine uh, pretty good guess it <laughs> I'm like You're pretty good with your early sixties
0: at box office yeah, uh,
1: like fifty years ago. 70 million dollars a ton of money <laughs> yeah
0: now it's a budget yeah now it's but respectively soon like i think dr no was a
1: million dollars like before sure and
0: it's like that was a lot of money at the time yeah for, for a movie like which this.
1: it's interesting to think then that they spent you know two million dollars and then they didn't even like it doesn't feel like they made these crazy set pieces and cra- so like they just probably really put it into this having is, a yeah. lot of locations.
0: Yeah, definitely because they, they do a lot of stuff in Instable in this yeah. movie.
1: You
0: see a lot of all locations. It didn't stuff. feel like
1: it was on a soundstage, which some of the other movies did. I mean, yeah. like, the previous movie, you open in that cave, and that just felt like I was on a soundstage. It didn't feel like any of it was real. Yeah. And the train car scene, if it was on a stage, it was very well-made, because when he opened the door and the train is moving by, it didn't look like that was a screen and they were projecting no the, it, it looks usually like the they're back on screen a train. stuff
0: usually looks really bad in these movies yeah. and like like these types of movies at the time but like surprisingly you know all that looked really good even some of the car stuff yeah didn't look too bad like, yeah <laughs> you
1: know yeah
0: um, didn't look too bad um, but anyway okay so let's jump into let's it let's do um, it um you know we have an interesting opening where you have it's on specter island <laughs> i love the specter island but um you have supposedly james bond but it ends up not being James Bond because it's a training mission for Red Grant, who's basically training to kill James Bond, and he's this guy's just wearing a mask, and Red Grant chokes him to death. And um, I think it's a cool opening because you think it's like you think it's James, and then you're like, oh no, what happened? Then, oh no, he's dead, and then it's like, wait, it's not him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. What was really enjoyable about that whole sequence to me because I have never seen this movie and yeah. unlike the other movies i didn't um read the book ahead of time this time so i had no idea and it really threw me for a loop especially because i feel like the previous movies felt a lot more like they had like a lot of like really like weird stereotypes that were like so over the top and this just felt like this felt lo- down yeah and just also like slightly more serious like they were like making it a little bit less of a joke like if anything this is probably the closest i've seen to like modern casino royale yeah in a james bond movie or maybe even the first casino royale james bond movie like they yeah. just felt like they were they, it was a serious tone
0: yeah yeah it's like, overall i think the movie is like it takes itself very seriously except for specter island when a little bit later when uh, uh rosa club comes sure. and yeah. looking
1: for red grant it's like i mean once there's a guy holding a cat too yeah things always well, that, get a little weird too but, but then
0: but inspector island and like they're walking through the training area and there's just like all these guys like yeah. shooting targets and stuff and then he's like she's like she's like uh you know target practice is one thing Experience in the the is like well, well we also use live targets too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, like that was the, that's probably the most ridiculous like aspect of the movie is just that whole scene um but yeah so i think it was a great opening um you know we have a great you know red grant is a great villain played by robert shaw who Everyone mostly knows him as Quint from Jaws, um, but he's much younger in this one. Uh, I think he just plays like a kind of a great imposing kind of evil dude.
1: Yeah. In fact, watching this movie, I just kept thinking about the modern Spectre and who they cast. And I'm just like, I absolutely see why, you know, they made that casting decision. Um, yeah. He was he was very good. Uh, he didn't feel just like a meaningless thug. Yeah so his by the time you get to him talking when he's
0: impersonating a, B- a british officer his accent's a little rough but i think because you know that he's bad it's like you don't like you're not like quite you're like why is this accent terrible but <laughs> you know it's um i think if you didn't know if they kind of just introduced this character if you only saw it from bond's pov then you'd be like hmm, something's weird about this guy <laughs> something strange about his accent
1: yeah I'm really glad that they did give him a lot of uh, time to be a real character. Yeah. It's like, you can always make the hero look better if you make the villain feel real. Because then if the, vil- the villain feels a lot more scary, versus yeah. like, I don't know, some of the time it just, it just feels like Bond is just fighting whatever the new face is. Who's the new face Bond's going to beat up? Not like, Yeah,
0: and you don't ever feel like, oh, Bond might lose or like isn't, you know, sort yeah. of he never it's, gets upper hand. It's
1: also interesting to see that they're specifically going after James Bond. This yes. isn't like you know they're plotting against MI6 or they're plotting against the Crown or you know it's just somewhere in general in Europe. This is like these guys are going after James Bond. James Bond is in danger, and here's a real scary dude.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. I think you know we're the at the point in this book, it's like he's. The three other villains that he's taking, or the four, I guess, or three of them, they're all like smirch agents. And so at this point, the Russians wanted to like basically it's a embarrass. Fun word to you know, say Smersh. Smersh. Um, they want to embarrass James Bond. and want to kill him. And so, um, yeah. So that's what, that's what they kind of set up here. It's like, oh, we want to basically lure James Bond out um, and trick him in and kill him. And uh, you know, and and they do so. They have this sort of um, we set up uh, like there's that whole chess scene. Like, oh, Kronstein. dude! So yeah. cool—the giant chessboard on yeah. the wall. That was like that was just like well, like just like the the room was really cool. Yeah, you know where it is, and just like him, just like you know, getting checkmate, and he's like, "I have to go." He gets the message, and he's like, "I'll just beat you." And like at this point,
1: <laughs> hey, I I love whenever you do something like that in movies because those small little idiosyncrasies that you wouldn't see anywhere else just make things feel a lot more real and interesting and give it like that one set piece because they could have just been playing regular like on a regular chessboard and then it would have just felt so much more empty and normal but by them having this giant like wall sized chessboard to look at the whole thing just like you're like, OK, I'm not in a normal place with normal people like this is a different situation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's also the movie where they introduce a lot of villains, actually. But it's obviously Red Grant is the main one. Sure. But like you the have,
1: League of Villains for Bond. Yeah. But like the other ones are just
0: kind of in the shadows. And it's yeah. Like, so you have you have then you have Blofeld, you have Kronstein, you have Rosa Klebb. Sure. It's like and then you have the other guy that like the other Spectre head trainer guy is kind of involved. Um. You know, and so they're, they have this whole plan laid out. Basically, they're going to lure James Bond by offering this lectern or this uh, sort of decoding machine that they're going to set up. That this young, very attractive, uh, you know, Russian kind of translator—like uh, she works at the consulate in Istanbul. She's going to like basically try to defect and or try to convince MI6 that she's defecting and wants to meet James Bond because she's in love with him.
1: So, here's something interesting since we have recorded. Because when we first started, it definitely felt like watching some of the first movies, there was a lot of sexism and racism in them. Now, that's definitely somewhat true, I think. But also, I think credit where credit's due, the whole, like, femme fatale thing is kind of a real thing. Yeah. It's actually a real thing. In fact, so I recently watched, like, a YouTube series of, like, spies and like ex-CIA and et cetera say like how accurate movies were and so then they talked about the femme fatale like they did a whole thing on it and they were like oh this is absolutely a thing they were like yeah they're like sex appeal and attraction is one of the easiest way to get information from someone and it's something people do all the time they're like this is absolutely and i was just like okay so the whole bond girl thing is actually like not as problematic now, there yeah. are some problematic things they've, they've taken portrayed. a real thing and
0: maybe stretched yeah. it to like but
1: i mean it's fantasy
0: yeah it is fantasy and, and that, so like and you Fleming, have to let it stand sometimes yeah and, and flaming did base tatiana the character off of a polish spy right who would use kind of flirtation and sex to sure. like gain advantage in the things and so yeah. um yeah so it's, it's built into the spy world it's all about deceiving and using like. plus like
1: can. with all these men who are just like so dumb like, if you're a woman who's a spy, it's like, what a great tool for you to use. Yeah. Like, they're taking advantage of the naivete of these men. You don't think that they would be undermined by a woman. A lot of them, I'm sure, never had any idea what was happening. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, I think this is the best portrayal so far of it.
0: I think be- because it's coming from, it's part of the plan. Yeah. It's part of the plot as opposed to Bond, like, on admission mission for something else and just so happens to run into, like a woman, a female
1: character, and then, like, woos her, and, you know, or, like, blah,
0: blah, blah. Like, Yeah, you know, I
1: guess they he, they do dance the lines between damsel in distress and sometimes it's the femme fatale. Yeah. But, and so I guess that's the difference between the Bond girls, because sometimes it's, like, really well made, and then other times it's, like, who's Bond's love interest that's gonna get killed? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, and most of the time it's, like, yeah, he will woo someone to follow, like, someone to get something. This one, though, it is reverse in the sense that he thinks it's like just someone that likes him, but it's sort of, it's being a double cross right, in that way. Right, exactly. Um, which I think makes it really interesting. And this it makes one- him
1: look so much better. Yeah. <laughs> like watching all the wheels turn, trying to undermine Bond, and he still comes out on top, makes yeah. him look so good. As opposed to, if it was just from his perspective, it would just look like he's just like, oh, I'm the best, everyone else sucks. But it's like, no, actually these people like worked really hard to take you down. Yeah. And the
0: fact that like this whole time, and the whole time, in the story, like after he, you know, I think they they initially have their meet and they, you know, uh, get to do it, uh, he kind of cares for her.
1: Yeah. You know, totally.
0: And and, do, and actually kind of protects her throughout yeah. this whole journey. And like, because he, you know, I think he made a promise in the sense that like part of the deal was to not only get the lectern, but to get her also to safety. Yes. In that way. Um, even though it's like ultimately it was done under wasn't great purposes or like he was being tricked sure. to doing so, he kind of still kept up his end of the bargain. Um, that way
1: well he's a gentleman yeah he's a gentleman and a spy john
0: uh yeah and then um so we've already met q in other movies but this is yeah. actually the introduction of q in the in the movie universe this is the first time we met desmond Llewellyn as q okay um when he comes in after bond kind of gets his mission yeah and he's like here here's a really cool briefcase it has got a lot of things <laughs> in it <laughs> which I, again this is like what i love about this movie too is like very spy Yes, just, let's just take like a basic thing like a briefcase and just put all of these just interesting things in it that you can like use, um, you know, a knife, a hidden knife,
1: a hidden kind of explosive a, smoke bomb. You got to love a throwing knife and a smoke. The class. they're classics. Like yeah. they've they all the hits here. It Wasn't like a laser pen.
0: No, it's like obviously I think just because once you start making so many movies, you just have to outdo each sure. other.
1: It's the problem of escalation. It's yeah, the it's like you can, it's power creep. Yeah, it's what it's they a- call it in the anime world.
0: Yeah, and you see that a lot with the, in the Bond movie universe where it's like they swing one way into the most ridiculous and then they yeah. swing back to very practical really, they have really to real, reset, and then they always just kind of keep going back and yeah. forth. Um, but yeah, introduction of Q, um, you know, more flotation with Bond and and uh, Moneypenny, um, that like M hates all the time and sends him off. Um, then you know, he goes off to Istanbul where, you know, he meets uh his kind of MI6, uh, like the Turkish version, you know? Sure, this yeah. guy Karen Bey, who um, was played by a Mexican actor, <laughs> playing a Turkish man. So, uh, you know, and back then they just kind of casted whoever it was great for the part, I guess. Cause uh, Tatiana, she's supposed to be Russian, but she's played by like an Italian actress. Sure. So <laughs> it's like they.
1: Well, I mean, that's just how it is back then. <laughs> I mean, it's still two white people. Yeah, you know, <laughs> at least at least it's that.
0: Yeah, but and with Karen Bay, like you know, casting a major kind of sort of person of color, yeah, in that role, um, that you know he's a character in the book, so yeah. it's like yeah, they can't just like obviously do away. And, and he's, I think, done really well too. He's not like he doesn't seem to necessarily like trying to be a stereotype or anything like that. He's no. like just just like he's like, I'm a kind of a big guy here, and I yeah. run this business with all my sons around me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Cause it's, it's a family it. business. Yeah. It's a
0: family business. Keeping uh, it in the family, um, you know. And so Bond has to figure out how I think he's going to essentially meet up with Tatiana. And so he does a couple of spy works. For, he has to basically help Karen Bay um, deal with this other thing. Yeah, uh, the kind of. So it's like a side quest they have to go on. Uh, with involving gypsies and
1: yeah which i would say is probably the lowest point of the movie like i think i think if there were ways to cut some of that stuff out and just get like to the train faster because i feel like that's sort of the highlight of the movie and that's kind of where everything really picks up it's the weakest part of this movie is definitely like the first act in some ways but not the opening they open strong enough so that when it dips it's kind of like okay
0: I agree. I think because in the book, they get to the train pretty quickly. Interesting. It's, it's And a lot, most of the book is on the train. Do you think, um, what,
1: what was the purpose? Was it like, we need I think to make the movie sexier?
0: Then also, I think, like, what they do is like, oh, we're, we're going to this location. Yeah. Let's kind of stay in this world a little bit more. Let's kind of maybe show a, an aspect of it. Uh-huh. Um, and then you start seeing that with all these movies where they'll go to, like, like do the travel the world. It's like a travel log. Yeah. And, um, they'll kind of spend time in these areas doing something and showing off some Aspect of said culture, sure. Um, and I guess they wanted to show off gypsies in this one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Gypsy I, dancing. I'm sorry. I understand this was a long time ago, but the fact that anyone ever thought belly dancing was like a thing—it's <laughs> just the dumbest, weirdest. Uh, old people were weird, man. It is bizarre it's a still thing. It's something that still, I, and on. it shouldn't be. Okay. It's so stupid.
0: Christian is definitely an anti-belly dancer. I
1: am. I'm out on it. <laughs> Okay. Um, It's so crunchy.
0: You know, I get it. (laughs) Um, Also, a sign that, like, you know, this is, you know, one of the earlier movies. It's like they really use the theme song. Oh, but I kind of loved it. But, like, in (laughs) the most weird, like, it's like, you know, Bond's just kind of walking around his hotel room and it's like the theme song's playing. He's just, like, scoping it out where it's, you're like, okay, it's not that exciting.
1: He's just, sure. He's just scoping it out. Sure. But maybe it was just meant to be like, Oh, this is gonna be too quiet and slow, so we need to make it like feel cooler. What's cool? The bond theme. Yeah, song.
0: whereas in later movies they definitely save the theme for like the big action piece. Yes. When he's like really being cool and like sliding down something and shooting shit. You know? Yeah.
1: Um, that's true.
0: But this one it's you know we'll notice this in a But then. I
1: kinda like that because when you're just doing like regular spy stuff and <laughs> it comes on, it's it it says something else about it. Yeah. Too. Well, i no, kind of liked it's,
0: it it's good it's good in some in some ways but sometimes when he's just like walking out of the airport yeah, and well, playing, you're you know, like okay yeah. it's not that
1: exciting <laughs> yeah they had a lazy composer <laughs> no i mean john barry's great he's not lazy
0: i think they just had this great theme and they just wanted to keep they wanted to use it as much as they can because it's a great it's very hit song it's mm. like really catchy but at the same time it's like knowing now now that we have like what 24 25 movies yeah it's like you can't use it so much, no. so it's really funny to hear it now in these contexts and um i I think that's great, um yeah, so he stays in the bridal suite, and that's where he also woo- you know beds uh Tatiana, oh, yeah, and he gets filmed doing it because yes. the plot was they were going to embarrass m i six after they killed James Bond and release the footage, sure. of him being like seduced, and um that was like part of their whole plan, so right. Which I a forgot sex. about that at the end because at the end, when he throws the film into the water, that's what it You know, I was like, Oh, wait, I was like, What the film? Oh, that it was a sex tape,
1: <laughs> which is kind of great when you really think about it. Which, come on, like, that would gentleman. be embarrassing for James Bond,
0: that would be embarrassing for her, too. You know,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's true. He's a gentleman, that's true, though. It's v-
0: uh, Venice, so it's probably gonna wash up in like the <laughs> type,
1: yeah, but just film that's gone. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, so with the after like their little side quest, Karen Bay helps Bond, and basically they, they set off a bomb to go off inside the the, con, the Russian consulate. That's where they get the 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 codec thing or the decryptor, right? Um, and then they make a tr- break for the train station. They notice there's some other spies waiting there, some like Russian got back guys that like see them, and so they get on the train too. They have to figure out how they're going to get them off. Um, yes, and th- this is a big plot point in the book. Cause there's three spies um, plus Red Grant. They don't you don't know that yet. Um, so two of them, Karen Bay is able to get off by like basically like showing that they don't have a ticket, getting the like the train people to kick them off. And then the third one is what you see. There's a gun. There's like a staged gunfight that Red Grant does and kills Karen Bay and right and the other guy. And so that's why it makes him kills them off. Stuff, but um, but yeah, so like train stuff is great, reminds me of always the Golden eye game and the train level,
1: yeah, of course. <laughs> also, um, they have a really good train scene in uh, Spectre. gosh, no one of the Pierce Brosnan movies. Oh, um,
0: what well, is it? It's Golden Eye,
1: Golden Eye, yeah, yeah, because that's yeah. a game, like they They, use have, the great, game they have a great train scene in Golden Eye. Um, so the train sequence, I really, to me, is like, I mean, we've talked about it now that we're here um the highlight so like when he's with her and he's like you know I'm gonna go do this like you need to stay and blah blah blah. and he opens that door and I was like wait are they actually on this train this looks great um that was where the movie like picked up for me the most and then it definitely doesn't really necessarily dip down but when he runs into red and then this was the one thing that I thought was interesting so he's here's James Bond he's done his goose is cooked guns on him yeah and he offers him like 50 gold medallions yeah he like in
0: (laughs) q points out there's like 50 gold coins in the suitcase that he can use to like buy situation buy
1: himself out of situations yes so yeah he tries to bribe him red grant with that which that was the interesting thing to me because that was the only thing that i both i really liked it because i'm like oh you know what this is something you never ever really see in a james Bond movie is someone buying someone off and this guy's really mostly just an assassin he doesn't seem to have like a real horse in this race yeah um Because you could never buy off James Bond because James Bond would die for his country versus like it's not a selfish thing. And that was the thing that made, I think, Red. That was the moment I was like, oh, Red can't beat James Bond because what Red's doing is like a selfish thing. Whereas what James Bond's doing is a selfless thing. this is why Red has to lose to James Bond because the fact that he would even consider taking the money. Yeah. Which, like, it's so bizarre because if he's like, oh, I have 50 gold medallions in here, would be like, cool, thanks for telling me. I'm going to kill you yeah. and take them for myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, like, what is that plan there? <laughs>
0: I don't know. Um, but it's different in the book because, so in the movie, obviously, we see that he tricks Red Grant into opening the, the suitcase the wrong way, which sets off the smoke bomb. Right. But in the book, he, he knows basically he's going to get shot. Yes. So what he does is he places his cigarette casing into his pocket sure so then when he basically gets hit it hits that he gets shot in the chest i like that and then he fakes it basically fakes dying yeah and then when red grants kind of like over his body like expecting he like gets you know able to tackle him and then and stabs him basically to death
1: (laughs) see i like that better than what happened only because it felt silly to me i'm like okay so he's holding the medallions and he's got a gun to his head why doesn't he just shoot him right now
0: yeah it's 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 a little bit like i I think because they had
1: to pay off that sure. suitcase thing, so yeah, um, which I think makes sense. You no, know, it from. does. It totally does. I also thought the medallions looked a little funny. They were just like <laughs> it was kind of like a coin collector. Yeah, <laughs> they, they like each were in a little slot on like a ribbon, almost. <laughs> yeah, it felt a little weird. It's like a belt. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what is that? Why isn't it in like a coin purse? Like, what's going on here? Um, but it was still, it was really good. It was, it was so. I was like, wait, he's got a gun to his head. Like, game over. What's going on? Yeah.
0: And so they're great. You know, they have a great fist fight. They're just like throwing each other around this train car. Yeah. Um, you know, and then he, Red Grant pulls out he with his little wrist choker thing from his watch that they set up in the beginning. Bond kind of flips it on him and chokes him with it. Um, right.
1: It's like a piano wire or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, is able to kill him. Um, so he's dispatched. Then they get off the train and they're in this um, – they go by truck and that's where you get this sort of helicopter scene where they're being bombed with these guys with grenades that are just flying by and just going to oh throw grenades God, down on them. That's probably the, also the, one of the more ridiculous parts of the book. Yeah. Or not, it's not even the book. It's just in, in the
1: movie. In the movie, yeah, <laughs> which I guess you can get away with just because you've now, like, introduced the action element of the movie in a big way. So it's kind of like, all right, we can just keep this part going. Um, but it was a little silly. Yeah,
0: It was a little silly, <laughs> but yeah, I think the- it worked special effects were cool. The helicopter blowing up was cool. Yeah. Um, It's scary.
1: I wouldn't want people just lobbing grenades towards me. You know.
0: Also, like, overall, like, this is also probably the best that Sean Connery looks in most of the movies. But I'm Dr. No, because it's, like, the youngest. Sure. It's when he's, like, the most, like, slim and the most fit before, like, he started losing his hair and had to wear a wig and just started getting fat and stuff. Um, Yeah. But this one, yeah, he just, when, I think when you originally hear, like, a description of James Bond in the book... It's like you don't think of Sean Connery. He's like too big and too muscular. But in these early movies, he kind of I think does fit the the look I think really well.
1: You know, yeah, minus I, the Scottish accent. No, he looked great. <laughs> I, yeah, but he you know he does a decent job to cover that up too. It's not it's not super thick. Which also like who cares? Let him be. Let him be Scottish. Like it's like who cares?
0: No, it, it's
1: yeah, <laughs> uh, you, yeah. You you
0: shouldn't care, but it's sort of it is funny to think like. You know, particularly in the politics of the UK of like, sure, you know, Scotland is part of it, but it's also very distinct and not different. Right. And you think like the spy for the queen would be <laughs> not a Scottish man.
1: Well, it's one of seven. Yeah, that's or true. Or more. It's probably, yeah. yeah. Do they, Do they after
0: 009, do they just do 010? That's,
1: that's the thing is, <laughs> my guess is there are no... There's only nine. You can only do yeah. nine max. Well, because yeah. you get your 00 if you kill two people.
0: Yeah. And you probably die quickly enough that like they have to keep replacing.
1: Yeah. And they probably also just don't want that many double O's. Right. That's true. It's like they're probably not hoping to have to do that much. Yeah. Um then there's
0: a you know of course you gotta have a boat chase, so there's a boat chase in this movie between the head kind of Spectre guy and uh Bond and Tatiana are in the boat.
1: Yeah. Um better boat chase than uh previous. wasn't bad. You know, it's not a bad boat chase at all. Yeah, but we didn't have, like, the weird old, like, the sheriff guy. (laughs) In Live and Let Die and stuff.
0: Yeah, like, that one was a little... Because that one also just goes on for way too long. It goes on for so long. Yeah. Whereas, like, this one feels, you know, just enough. Um, And then they do, like, the whole cool, like, oil burning effect. It just kind of, like, wipes them out and stuff, which is all pretty cool. Um, And then they get to Venice uh, from the boat and that's where they're going to make their final stop before they leave for England. They get stopped by Rosa Klebb um because she is forced she basically has to take matters in her own hands after Blofeld's like you guys all failed me.
1: They introduce the the knife in the in the foot. Which th- so this is actually interesting because so we have the Femme Fatale who's technically Tatiana but she actually does live like Turn also. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um so in a way like Klebb is like in many ways the real Femme Fatale. Like but yeah. she doesn't really like try to seduce. But she's just like a she's just a bad woman. She's she's just like a, a villain who happens to be a woman spy. Yeah,
0: in in the book she's the main villain because yeah. there is no Blofeld introducing them in the book sure. at this point. So um she's the one running the show.
1: It's interesting that they did that in this by yeah. giving both those women such high priority, as well as making them so capable. Like, yeah. I thought he was gonna get killed, like not really, but it seemed like a. And that's also a
0: major change from the book to the, uh, the movie. Oh, interesting. Okay, so the book ends with him getting stabbed with that ni- with the, the poison, the poison, and then he collapses and like he's like fainting, and then the movie, bo- the book ends on a cliffhanger.
1: Oh, and, and I'm guessing Tatiana saves him.
0: I, I, yeah. So basically, he is recovers, but they, you know, in the next book and like but wow. Takes a while. So
1: basically, that whole book bond actually loses like yeah. he fights as hard as he can it looks like he's gonna win and then in the end he does lose yeah. oh that's so good yeah oh so, that's really good so they, but then they change it
0: to the book movie because they kind of have to give it like a little bit of a happy ending sure happier ending at least sure
1: so, and um, I, I don't i mean back then they didn't plan sequels on the same like you couldn't they couldn't green light two bond movies back to back. it's just not a thing like oh now i want them to do something like that now i want to see something like that <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's hard. it's hard to think, like, a movie ending on, like, you, you wouldn't know whether or not your hero is alive or dead. You see that in something, like, I think, you know, The Matrix 2 sure. kind of ends on something like that.
1: Or even with him just being caught and being tortured and, like, not being freed. Like, yeah. the next movie. And, and that, you having to wait right. a whole new movie to see what happens It's next. just, like, just him losing, I think. You yeah. know? I mean, maybe that's, that's actually what I like about Skyfall so much is it, as much as he wins, he's still lost. Yeah. Like, the death of M is... Such a big deal yeah. that it feels like it doesn't matter that he stopped this dude. He lost in like every way imaginable. Yeah.
0: But you know, even though in the book he does lose, Rosa Club is captured and they do right. still get the lectern. You know, they right. still get the yeah, you know.
1: and he still gets rid of the film. And
0: yeah, so it's it's it, ultimately he he completes the mission. But yeah, we his fate is like sort of up in the air.
1: Yeah, I I think um all of the other bomb movies, he feels like such a Superman character that is. Like, he's always going to win and everything's going to go so well. Even when it doesn't, he's going to... And this movie so many times felt like uh, things could go sideways. And I believed it. And I think it's because they focus so much on the villains. And also the villains were non-traditional by just, like, not only being women, but by centering the story around them. Yeah, there's not a lot of female villains
0: in no. the Bond universes. So that when that does happen, it feels very refreshing. and yeah. just, um, feels good.
1: Yeah. And they did, I think they wrote them in a really, like, smart way, and it wasn't just like, oh, I'm a sexy woman who's going to kill you. Like, it was, (laughs) it's like, no, she seemed, like, really capable and strong and smart, and, like, she actually was going to win.
0: Yeah. And with Tatiana, I I felt like is also, you know, I think a great bod girl. I think is one of my favorites. Yeah. So far that I've encountered. I think just because, you know, I think she, she has a purpose. She's important. She doesn't... Isn't so like you know? Oh, James, James! Like no, you know is, and even if it is like when she does kind of have those moments, I you can't tell if it's being on purpose or if she's like doing it to play an actor.
1: Yeah, I wonder if there's like a hard turn away from how they were represented in this movie into future ones, just because I like wonder if there are a lot of guys who are like, oh, where's my ladies man, James, and well, when we get to
0: goldfinger yeah that's kind of where you start to see the formula interesting okay everything um but you know that's that was saying that's gonna be the next movie but not the next book that we want you know or like the next movie we watch right it's the, that's next, the next movie, movie that, movie that the, comes out yeah, i say yeah it was released oh but um i don't know anything i'm trying to get other kind of highlights the this is all in the opening titles but like the mori spender well,
1: i mean i guess the, the last thing i would say about club oh, okay. before we Sorry. move off of that is the fact that tatiana is ultimately the one who saves him yeah that's also another like she bait. could have it's like which is why i'm saying it's like he loses yeah because like he couldn't actually win without her like yeah. in the end it came down to her like he had to do things to get them both into that situation but he did lose like club had beat james yeah and it wasn't james who beat club it was tatiana yeah, it required
0: her to basically betray her country or tell right. you know what she was being forced to do
1: so. right which is which is why I think like the whole scene with red and the money is actually great because it's like well this guy doesn't really care about anything so like he couldn't be a hero but she actually decided to believe in something that wasn't just about like money or payments this was like she was like oh no I'm gonna do the right thing and she saw James doing that and I feel like that's part of why she chose to do it so I thought that was great. I thought I think having her be the one to save him and stop her was yeah. It's a, it's a, that's a very good. This might be one of my favorite James Bond movies now. Yeah.
0: No, I think I think it is one of my favorites too. So um but yeah, no, I think definitely like I said it was my one of my favorite books of the of the ones I read that didn't seem really ridiculous or really
1: racist. <laughs> no. Which and also then- again like those were just from the, the time not yeah. to excuse them but also like it, it'd be a different conversation we'd be having if it came out today
0: yes <laughs> yeah but and then also because this i think is the most like the book as far as you know there you don't get a lot of difference between the two um maybe some parts added in and to make it more actiony but overall it very much follows the same plot and very much the same plot points that's why i think it does feel very i think one of the better movies that feels Mm. like much like a spy movie
1: yeah yeah this is um i think up there with like casino royale for me and again i haven't seen a lot of the other ones we're gonna watch but uh i'd say this feels the most like a spy movie out of all the james bond movies yeah
0: yeah no i agree um and it's an era too that, that kind of early 60s era um you know type of thing so um I, would, I wanted to just talk quickly about the opening titles because oh yeah this yeah, also yeah. set the kind of trend of doing like cool like things i thought for the most part there was a couple of credits where i was like stop shaking woman i want to like I, I need to read the, the person's name and it's like a little too crazy but some of them yeah. i think worked out really well and it's like kind of flowing over the body and like yeah the belly dancer and you're seeing the kind of the contours the light move and it was done in a kind of interesting way i like enjoyed it
1: it the whole music video thing is so anachronistic but it's this weird style that only james bond movies i think should be allowed to do at this point um i don't want to see it in anything else even when i'm watching the james bond movies i'm never necessarily excited about it and the songs are never necessarily great but i like that they're still there and the news that they're gonna have um yeah, so at the time we were wearing,
0: we they announced that Billie Eilish is doing like the, yeah. new, the new song for the No Time to Die.
1: I mean, I'm assuming they're going to go with like a temper and tone and like beat similar to her more popular songs, which is this like slow, cool, almost like jazzy. Jazzy and dark. Yeah, thing, yeah, which that would fit very well. I think that is like I think they nailed it with Adele. I think that was in my opinion the best one they've done and this could be just as good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, I I agree.
1: Um, just because her song is like good, I think <laughs> it's it's like actually a good song. I think. Yeah. Uh, other things, other kind of fun facts.
0: So remember, I noticed, like I saying how in the book it's just Smursh, and, and then yeah. in this one, Intruder Specter. The reason why they did that was, you know, so this movie is in 1963. It's the height of like really height of Cold War tensions, and they just didn't feel great about having Russia still be like the main central sure. like threat, and they wanted to kind of make it seem. Like kind of go away from that so that's why specter yeah. became more and more of like the overall villain and not russia and then you start to you'll start to see in roger moore movies russia's there but they kind of work together like he starts sure. to work together with russians and so um that's kind of funny to think about like from a the 50s mindset versus the 60s where it's like 50s all about like russia's the enemy right going back and then like in the 60s everyone's like oh shit like this is we're close to, like, nuclear war, maybe we should, like, all tone
1: down. <laughs> and that's actually, I think, a good, like, if you look at the new Bonds, yeah. there's so much of, like, even Pierce Brosnan stuff, there's so much, like, internal problems, and it's all about, like, or, like, you can't trust Bond, they're gonna put stuff on Bond, like, they're gonna have to make Bond, like, have to win his rep back, and it's just, and it's even in Mission Impossible movies, too, and I think that's just because there's, like, no trust in, the like, governments anymore, but I do, I do like it best, I think, when the villains aren't Like the country, it's not like Russia. I like it best when it's like a private industry or something like that.
0: Yeah, something that works more in the shadows or
1: yeah, because then they don't.
0: Yeah, it isn't as like they're not doing
1: it for like a flag. And then I think the people when they do do that, I like it when it's like internal. I think that's when that works the best. But um, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good note. Um, so what is next?
0: So after we're gonna do. After this movie, what came out next was Dr. No.
1: Dr. No.
0: Which is rumored to be what this new movie, No Time to Die, is like a oh, loose remake no of. No Time
1: to... And Spectre is already involved, right? So. Blofeld's there. Okay. Of course. So, um, that'll be interesting
0: it. to see, like, when we eventually do watch that movie, how how much... They, oh, they,
1: I mean, it's there. such a good setup with Tatiana being there. Well,
0: so, it's not exactly... Like,
1: uh, I'm assuming she's not in it.
0: Because the in terms of movies, it came.
1: Yeah. Before. Yeah. Okay. And they introduced
0: yeah. in the book. They introduced like. characters. But now
1: stuff. I like thinking about it that way. Like I can see how modern day they pulled stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Well, because the last movie Spectre. Yeah. Um, was pulled a lot from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Sure. Um, But I think. So, yeah. And so they're kind of. Like they're starting well. to kind of yeah. remake these movies. A little yeah. Bit, um, but just not like directly. Yeah without the title they're just doing
1: with new titles so which is i think the best way to do it because if you're going to modernize his old stories it might be better to just take like the themes of them and then make new stories as opposed to like just swapping out things to update them
0: yeah but so when we get into dr no it'll be really interesting because this book was that book was very interesting because mostly takes place in jamaica and involves a lot of uh, jamaicans and chinese
1: okay so (laughs)
0: It's, so that's, it's a little and involves some other crazier shit.
1: But. So that's our that's our next one. Yeah, it's our next you know, movie um, we're gonna watch. That's still Sean Connery.
0: Yes, and that is in terms of movie order, that was the first movie ever to be made. So it's the first Sean Connery movie, nineteen sixty-two, yes. the first James Bond ever. So it's gonna be I love
1: this weird way we're doing this, John. It's gonna be a
0: little <laughs> bit slower
1: yeah. than what you just saw. That's great. So I'm kind of similar, excited about that. So.
0: And then after that's Goldfinger, and that's when we get into the real Form,
1: you know we're gonna get some form. real whiplash here <laughs> it's gonna jump
0: around a bit here. yeah not too much because it's all those, those three movies from Russia with love dr no and goldfinger yeah that's the order they were they came out in but book order it was dr no from rush with love goldfinger so cool it's kind of you
1: know it'll be interesting to see we should just um you should you should send me the list and if people want to know what the order of everything is if they want to get ahead of watching stuff they yeah. want to watch along it'll be in the show notes okay so just it'll i mean at this point i will have put it in there but that way people can know what the show notes uh what the order will be i'm excited uh great i guess a good quote is uh blood is the best security in this
0: business